before we get into today's show, today's episode is brought to you by Podgo. That's right, we have an ad. The show recently turned one years old, and I was wondering how we can expand our horizons even more. And I came across Podgo on Twitter, so shout out to them. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. If you have a podcast yourself, I highly recommend checking them out. They are go- they get they get back to you quick on your applications. They're very easy to talk to and communicate with, and they're and hopefully they're very helpful as both of us try to grow and help out. They help out small podcasts get ad flat rates, like I said. So if you're look- if that interests you, go to podgo.com. That's p-o-d-g-o.com. So check them out, apply, and enjoy today's episode. Switched Up Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. I'm joined once again by my co-host, Colton Moyer. How you doing, my friend? We're college sophomores, buddy. It is official. First day of classes was today for me. Uh, we have officially entered our second year of college. Not Probably not exactly how we thought that it would be, but it is here nonetheless. I'm not... I'm not hopeful for this whole online Zoom thing. This is exhausting. Sitting in front of the computer screen all day, it's actually really tiring. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little skeptical. So far, classes seem manageable. I have one class that is asynchronous, so, like, the class doesn't meet ever. I have one, too. It's a history class, and you just got to do the work by the time it's scheduled to be done, but... I look. I just don't think. I think we're gonna get sent home, uh, real soon here. Uh, my university anyway. I feel like they're. It'll last a few more weeks, and then they're just gonna shut it all down again. So. I already am home, so I know I can't you, go, you I are, can't go anywhere. Your college is already, uh, uh, just said you're not coming back. So essentially, yeah. But other than that, I guess I can't complain. It's. It's it's actually it's actually a scorcher out there today. So it is very humid. It, I mean, it rained a lot where I am, and we needed the rain over here because it just the grass was just all brown. Like I drove into campus, just it was just it just looked dead and just dirty and horrible. So we we definitely needed this rain. Uh, it's rained over the past few days, so I can bear with the humidity if it means ending this small drought we've been experiencing yeah yeah i agree but other than that i just have two small things if you are in college and you are on campus uh take the whole distancing and quarantine thing seriously because there's probably not much we can do about it i mean it seems like everywhere i've looked colleges that have just reopened already have cases it's kind of crazy but yeah be safe out there listeners and did you happen to see this I watched this trailer like eight times. Did you happen to see the new Batman trailer? Uh, I saw a clip of it, him beating the shit out of a guy and then saying, I'm vengeance. It's, that movie's going to be so good. I'm so excited for that when that comes isn't out. That, I, isn't the actor who plays him like the Twilight vampire yeah, Rob, dude? Yeah, Robert Pattinson. He's Robert the, Pattinson, yeah. He looks, he looks so good in the bat suit and the voice is The killer. voice sounded good. A little less raspy than the normal Batman voice, but you know, honestly, I'll take. I will definitely. I feel like that might be a bit of a positive. No, I'm uh, definitely I'm excited for when that movie drops. Uh, just had to get that out of the way because that's been it's been on my front of my mind since I saw that trailer drop. But yeah, I have some news. Uh, it's been it's been a rumor heavy week, Tyler. It's a rumor heavy week. 
every week until we get uh, the rumors. Until we get a direct, yes. Yeah, so in case you've been living under a rock, um, the 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 weekly report of strong possibility of Nintendo Direct this week, uh, it's hit the it's hit the airwaves. So <laughs> yeah, it's hit the internet. Uh, Jeff Grubb, who's actually like a he's a big video game personality on Twitter. I follow him. He 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 said that he thinks that it's gonna be there's gonna be an announcement. Nintendo's gonna be making an announcement here at the end of August, early September, or middle September. He expects he says explicitly, do expect a direct equivalent by the middle of September. And I I, I don't I just want to see where people yeah. take this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say no on that one. You know, just the classic pessimistic direct attitude coming in again but i'm just gonna say that that's not gonna happen yeah this would this all this of course spawned out of the indie world showcase which we're gonna get to here in, uh, probably next and he says uh grub who has a proven track record there's apparently a good chance of nintendo airing its broadcast on august 28th that's a friday i i don't ever remember watching a direct on a friday it's usually tuesday mm-hmm. or thursdays I mean, we very well could have, but it. I'm the last person you want to ask about, like remembering what day of the week it was on a certain, when a certain event happened. So. And here's here's your favorite part. There have also been rumors about Nintendo broadcast airing in the month of September, which would line up with Mario's 35th anniversary. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Man, this will so, not. It's not gonna stop. No. So there is your. 35th Mario anniversary rumor or speculation for the week. Uh, tune in there. next week to get the next one because there's definitely going to be something coming uh, coming around next week that just isn't true. And they really got to let it go. Like They really just got to let this one slide. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but I saw on Twitter, speaking of rumors, there's a lot of rumors actually, which I'll get to the more exciting one here. I'll get to the more exciting one here after rumor this Rumor week, all right. There's a new Switch model launching in early 2021, according to a Taiwanese newspaper. <laughs> what a strange source. Is that all we know? Did they provide anything else besides this claim? So, according to a new report from Taiwanese new paper, United Daily News, Nintendo could be set to launch a brand new Switch model early next year, citing a number of hardware manufacturers involved in the production of the current Switch models as its sources. The newspaper, the newspaper notes that production of this new Switch console will begin as soon as quarter four of 2020 with a launch plan for quarter one of 2021. So it must not be that hard to improve the Switch if they're going to start production in the fourth quarter, which is like October. Yeah. This, they published this in the newspaper? A Taiwanese newspaper. Like, like paper sit on the shitter and... And read the newspaper. Uh, paper. It, it sounds. It, it sounds that's like what, it. Honestly, that's what we're talking about. Hmm. That's the. That's the newspaper we're talking about. Well, I feel like I'm gonna take that with a grain of salt, especially with the small time frame they're giving for the. What's it? There for the small time frame of shipping the console out to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it could be possible, but I don't know. I don't feel like it's hard to predict what Nintendo's going to do. But for some, I just don't really think that a a new model is super necessary for them right now. It'd be great, but I yeah, think sure. I think with first of all, with the whole world going to crap situation going on. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of these claims lose even more credibility just because of all the variables that that's coming into that are coming into play because of the situation. Yeah. But that's just from a a point of view of a casual Nintendo fan who doesn't know anything of the specifics of this industry. So I don't know, maybe they could Maybe they could do that, but I feel like that's a little too quick of a time frame for something like this that we have had no indication of happening uh, at any point before this. Yeah, apparently this a Thai, apparently another Taiwanese report posted earlier this year that a model may be launching in mid twenty twenty, which would have launched 
now or within a month. But yeah, like you said, the world fell apart. So yeah. maybe maybe it was delayed. Maybe production's back on track. And before the pandemic hit, uh, Dr. Sirkin Toto, I'm getting this off Nintendo Life for those interested, of Canton Games said, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind Nintendo launched a Switch Pro in 2020. My guess is it's at $400. And, he's, and he predicts 4K support, bigger cartridge sizes, and a more beefed-up components, which is all things that the current Nintendo Switch can need. And if I were making a Switch Pro, I'd also throw in a Bluetooth feature. I just mm, think that makes the most yeah, sense. That'd be, I would, I would uh, definitely agree with that. A Bluetooth would be really good, especially since the only headphone jack on the switch is on the console itself yeah which is painful so annoying. you'd kind of, so say for me when apex releases on the switch eventually if i wanted to communicate with my friends i would have to like keep the console next to me as i'm like playing if i were to use my wired uh headset which would be rather irritating but Besides that, I, I do want to ask you a question on this. Would okay? Do, would you buy a Switch Pro if it was released in 2020? Like, would you do you have do you feel the need that you would need an upgraded console for like an upgraded Switch console at this point? Um, I don't. Th- I don't think so. I don't need one. I don't think. And if I four hundred dollars, everything that was said in the report by Nintendo Life and Canton Games like head I think for I think all of the things he mentioned are worth an $100 boost in price but I don't know if I need a Switch Pro like it'd be definitely cool to have like a yeah an up to date version of the Switch but like mine works just fine I have no problems with it the way I use mine is it stays on the dock forever it only comes off when I travel so I don't really need I don't have a need for it what about what about you? Because we I think we brought this up with the Switch Lite too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like my opinion has swayed on the Switch Lite because now I never have it in the dock. Like I always have it in handheld mode these days. Yeah. Uh, the only time I have it in the dock is if I'm playing like an online game or like a multiplayer game that isn't, you know, that requires a bit more focus on my part, or requires me. Or, or that would I would have the preference to use an actual controller rather than have it, uh, the Joy Cons on the side of the screen. Yeah. So, if I had the choice now and I didn't have a Switch, I'd probably choose a Switch Lite. But then again, that would be kind of like if I wanted to play one of those more one of those games I mentioned in the future, that'd be a little difficult. So. Uh, because I play both of those games, or I plan to play both of those types of games, having a normal Switch right now is perfectly fine for me. But as far as the Switch Pro goes, I don't think I'll I need it as no. long as I can play the new releases with that come out. This the Switch as it is right now has all the features that I really need it to have. You know? Yeah, I would hope that you can play first gen. I guess you'd call it first gen Switch games on it because. The bigger cartridge sizes make it sound like the games just aren't going to fit in there. So. Oh, that's true because you did say cartridge size. I would assume they're backwards compatible, though. I mean, if they, if they if they make a Switch Pro and don't make backwards compatible games, it's just not it's not going to sell. So. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know if people will buy a Switch Pro. You know, I don't really think there's that big of an incentive to buy it as long as they can still play the games on either. Yeah, I. I agree. I'm not sure the demand, like right now anyway, because not just because the world's falling apart. Although there is a shortage of Switches, like when you look online, they're hard to get right now. So yeah, maybe a Switch Pro would sell well at a time like this, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's anything that a Switch Pro can do that a Switch can't right now. Again, these are all early reports, but as it's, as it's looking right now, it's just you're just better off getting the original Switch for $300. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. Like, maybe some of the features will, uh, you know, coax me into buying it. Uh, maybe, maybe they'll pull. Uh, hey, all the new Switch games that are coming out are going to be uh, on this new cartridge size that you can't fit into your old Switch. So if you want to play Breath of the Wild two, you got to get the Switch, which would be, which would really suck, severely. 
but I'd probably have to buy it then. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking... I, for some reason, I don't feel like they'll do that. I'd like to give Nintendo a bit of a benefit of the doubt on uh, on that regard. But I'm very thankful you brought up Breath of the Wild, too. Because oh. that's the last rumor. Amazing. French, French computer and gaming retailer World Trade and Technologies had A, now taken down, page up for a Breath of the Wild 2 collector's edition for the equivalent of 100 American dollars with a release date. Like a, a, a specific release date. December 31st of 2020. Oh, 2020. Yeah, no, I remember you sending me this now. A New Year's release? That would save 2020. At the tail end of 2020? That would redeem everything? Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, all right, fair enough, but... Man, all these coming, all all of these countries. We got Taiwan leaking stuff. We got France, France dropping the ball and leaking stuff. American reporters dropping direct leaks. Like we have everything going on. We're just so desperate. Yeah, just the world. All countries are having their own Nintendo rumors. But I, yeah, a I collector's saw that. edition would make a lot of sense. I think. I think I'd get it. I think I'd get the collector's edition. If we're being completely honest, as far as like the release date. Obviously, you know my skepticism with any sort of release date uh, after hearing literally zero about the game. If the game was shadow dropped right at the end of 2020, that'd be pretty sick. Like, yeah. we know we know nothing about it, and it just drops with like one more trailer, and then we just have it. That'd be pretty cool. Like, I, I the, wouldn't lie. If the direct that's coming this week, of course, shows a Breath of the Wild two trailer, and then yeah. it just says it's releasing, I think we would forego any New Year's plans and we just uh, yeah. wait in line we, uh, us two would just wait in line we go Breath to a Wild midnight too. release for sure yeah uh yeah and then well, the school happy new year is the school year ends in like the 11th of december for me mine's the 7th so yeah oh okay i don't know why that seems so short but i'm sure it's gonna feel like a drag with this all online yeah, stuff but will. anyway what a hundred how many dollars was it again a hundred dollars give or take there's no yeah. way. There's no way a Breath of the Wild collector's edition is going to be less than hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I'd buy that. Absolutely, I think I would definitely buy that. If it, I, dude, it might sell out in like the first. Jeez, in the first day at at most, like it. I feel like a collector's edition for that would uh, would be in very high demand. Yeah, that's, which is why we'd have to wait at a midnight release at True. our local GameStop. Our local. We can hang out with all the Breath of the Wild fans. So that is the rumor mill. Tune in next week for when we get even more rumors of when uh, I don't is even know, and and when an Afghanian newspaper just <laughs> drops a uh, a Metroid <laughs> a Prime Four trailer. trailer. Yeah, yeah, a Metroid Prime Four trailer off of an Afghanian television station. Oh my lord, that would be. That would honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised by that this time. But sorry, you you made me. Is the rumor mill? Wasn't there like a thing in Breath of the Wild where it was like someone was the author of like a rumor newspaper yes. or something? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, that you just reminded me of that. It's but anyway, perfect. so that there's there was an indie world. Yes, there, there was an indie world last week, mm-hmm. and I didn't really, I I didn't watch it. I'll confess, I had work and. I I, re- I did read up on it though. I did read up a lot on it, and okay. you know I'm just gonna give the floor to you because Tyler, you have you've taken a game from this indie world and have uh, told me that you've you just you love this game like you play it all the time now. So. I, I do, yeah. Hang um, on, let me. If you, if you can give a brief recap of indie world and then talk about what you decided to pick up. All right, so I have oh I had a list of the games let me go and find that uh nintendo has so many twitter accounts that i cannot figure yeah, there's out. too many honestly let me and, look and, and all of them just become here we mean. go okay yeah i have the uh the list of indie world uh excuse me show, showcase ones um some of these hmm Okay, yeah, including. So some of these on the list uh, were not revealed. 
there, but because I see, I sorry on this list, I saw Hollow Knight, Silk Song, and The Last Campfire, and I'm like I definitely did not see those in the Indie World Showcase. But uh, anyway, so it starts off with Hades, which looks cool. It's like a dungeon crawler sort of thing. Uh, I'd liken it to Diablo, uh, kind of, and that's uh, not really my style of game. I mean, I know I play Mystery Dungeon, but I feel like that's a bit different. Uh, we had other games like Raji, which was a cool, looks like a cool action, uh, like, fi- uh, not fighting game, but like adventure game, I'd say. It's based off of uh, a lot of Indian culture, like ancient mm-hmm. Indian uh, artwork, and uh, some weapons are from that as well, so it looks really cool. We have a short hike, which is a unique game where you're kind of just free to go wherever you want uh, as this little bird. You can climb mountains a la Breath of the Wild. You can, uh, you know, swim all around. It's It seems interesting. It's kind of in a more pixelated 3D art style. So uh, that caught my eye a little bit. Uh, we had Takeshi and, Her- and Hiroshi, which uh, seemed really cool. It was about these, it's about these two brothers. And one of them is a game developer. And he wants to make a game for his little for his little brother. So it's a little meta. You are playing a game where you are a game developer making a game within the game. <laughs> uh, but you have Perfect. to ba- you have to balance the thing is that's really cool. You have to balance making the game like a fun challenge but also making it not too hard for your brother to complete. And from the trailer alone it looks like uh the younger brother was on a hospital bed, so I'm sure there's a uh, a definite sad turn that that uh, is taking, but uh, it seemed like a cool game. But the one that the one game that really caught my eye was Spirit Fair. So Spirit Fair in the in the showcase had this really had had this beautiful animated trailer, and just looking at the gameplay, it looked so interesting uh the graphics first of all uh it's all fully animate like it looks like hand-drawn animation and it just looks beautiful like the character designs the the buildings all of it it's all just looks so beautiful and it also looks really just the concept of it was really cool so you have this you are your character stella who you play as Uh, along with her cat, Daffodil, who's kind of like a little follower. Uh, You are the new spirit farers. At the beginning of the game, you wake up on this small boat uh, next to this huge, looming, hooded figure who introduces himself as Karen. And Himself as Karen? C-H-A-R-O-N. Oh! Karen. Uh, And he... Set and he kind of inducts you like, hey, you're the new spirit fairy. Your job is to um, guide wayward spirits uh, on all these islands uh, to this place called the Everdoor. So it's kind of like this bridge uh, where if you go through it, that will help spirits pass on into the afterlife. So this world is populated by these kind of vague vaguely human shaped hooded figures uh you know they don't really have a lot of features they have white glowing eyes and their hoods can be different colors they can be some different uh heights and their arms and legs are all black so you can't really see any features but uh you as the spirit fairer have a a boat that you use to sail around to these islands and once these people only certain spirits will join you like some of them are just chilling out but some of because when you talk to normal like spirits that don't have that aren't like significant to the story, they'll have this sort of uh, spiritual flame above their head. But when you discover a spirit that you can take on you take with you on your journey, they'll have like the silhouette of an animal uh, when you talk to them. And then when they huh? step on your boat, uh, the spirit kind of becomes their spirit animal, essentially. <laughs> So they'll turn from this vague uh, form into uh, like actual 
they'll turn into like these animals. So the first one was a deer. I had like this big frog. Uh, I have two lions currently. So basically, they become uh, that person's uh, what what would their what their spirit animal would be essentially. At least that's how I interpret it. Uh, and the game's pretty mysterious too, because like you don't you don't really ever get the full story of these people that you're helping. Uh, you'll get hints, and you'll get the basic gist of the problems that they're having uh, to where they cannot... Or the problems that they need to overcome before they move on to their to the afterlife. Like, to the true afterlife, because they are dead. I saw that in the summary. It was like... you. I saw in the summary of the game, I was reading up on it on the eShop, and it did mention something like that, like, like the last line was no, no, knowing how to, like, say goodbye. Yeah, and so a, a lot of these kids... It has an edgy feel to it. It is. So, again, it's beautiful, it's cartoony, it's colorful, but, you know, it's kind of dark at some times, too. Like, they, they use swear words in the game. Like, you, you got some shits, you got some dams, you got... All of that. Got it all. That that caught me off guard. Like, the first spirit that you help out, her name is Gwen. She's basically a, a semi-tutorial. The game doesn't hold your hand too much, actually. Uh, just enough to let you know where you're going, but you actually feel like, you know, you're discovering the stuff on your own still. Uh, but yeah, she's, like, smoking cigarettes on your boat <laughs> and shit. I'm like, dude. Put that out. <laughs> what the hell happened here? But... Uh, yeah, I should probably talk about the gameplay. Uh, I think I think in the eShop it's listed as a management game. Like uh, a manage- re- yeah, 30 bucks. Management yeah. 30. So it's like a management game. So basically, you have this boat uh, that you uh, come across. Uh, Gwen helps you on the starter island where you are at. And you have this big boat that you can build stuff on and sail around to these different islands uh, with. Uh, and it's not like you just pick an island and, like, fast travel to it immediately. You actually have to, like, you'll see a little meter at the top of your screen, and the boat will take that amount of time to get there. So you can do whatever you want to on your boat while you're traveling. So you can, you know, you have a little fishing post off the back. Uh, You can build gardens and orchards and stuff to cultivate plants and food on your boat Uh, because you do need to feed these spirits food. Uh, they will still get hungry even though they're dead. So, and each each character, each spirit that is on your boat, uh, they all have favorite foods. They have, uh, you know, their dislikes that you have to avoid giving them. Uh, they have, you know, they all have their own personalities and quirks to them, uh, which makes them unique. And each one you kind of have to care for a little differently uh, in order to keep them happy. Which is not hard. Like you can stock up on a lot of food pretty easily, and uh, it's not too hard to keep them happy. But uh, you also have to gather resources. There are some resources, uh, like for some quest lines, you need to go around and mine some ore, or chop down some trees, or go into a storm and catch lightning in a bottle. Or oh my god, that sounds fun. It is fun. Uh, and the music in this game is really cool. Like I was just like chilling, uh, going someplace, and I w- and I went through a stormy area, and my frog, whose name is Atul, uh, who is actually apparently Stella's uncle. So okay, a lot of these characters talk like they've known Stella for you know like forever, you know, but you as the player don't know that like you have no idea like they're naming they're naming off people that stella would probably know but that you as a player don't so it adds that sort of air of mystery to it while not fully giving away you know who these people are so it leaves a lot of room for interpretation uh i'm still pretty early on in the game so i don't know how long that sticks yeah i was about to say do you know how long the game's gonna take you i don't so Whenever you have a new spirit on your boat, you'll eventually have to build them their own living quarters. 
uh, on oh, the boat, yeah. their own specialized house, which they will, you know, give you a blueprint for eventually, as long as you have them. And there's a there's a finite number of them on the menu. Like you can you can see how many of them there are. Uh, so I'd say I have about close to half the spirits uh, currently available. But uh, yeah, the sorry, I was I was on the music and I completely went off track. The music in this game is really good. It uh, it's very calming when you're sailing. But when you're doing these certain quests, like catching lightning in a bottle or going through this big uh, kind of... Or if you're helping a dragon by mining corrupted crystals off its back, uh, the music is surprisingly, like, energetic and really... It keeps you in it. Profound. Yeah, it's really cool. But, uh, yeah, the basic thing of the game is you sail around these islands and you fulfill the requests of the spirits. You, you basically fulfill their... What would essentially be their last request. Yeah, that's a dying wish. Yeah, they don't really treat it as such. They just kind of treat it as, "Hey, can you do this for me?" It's not like super profound until, you know, they start getting into their their personal lives. They encounter things from their pasts, uh, whether it be a a physical person or whether it be just uh, a part of themselves that uh, they're trying to overcome. But you have Please. to. Please do this for me so I can die. Help. Kind of, but it's really just about, you know, helping them to move on from different things that they've experienced. Uh, You know, some characters, like, you cannot judge a character by their initial, uh, by their first impressions in this game. Like, some of them, I was like, oh, this guy's kind of a dick. But then later on, it's like, okay, this guy's pretty cool. Kind of like a, a Sylvain of sorts mm. uh, or or a Lawrence, something of something like that yeah where they'll they'll get better as you get to know them more but uh yeah some of and like it'll take a while to get some of these resources because you know it'll show you what to craft like if they want you to like if you need to build something or if you need to uh like cook a specific dish is something that i had to do for someone once uh the game doesn't really tell you exactly where to go. Uh, you kind of just have to discover it on your own. Uh, and I think what's cool is that every time you discover a new location, uh, the map will expand to where there's always at least one more new location after that that you can see. Okay. So you're never really left with like just wandering in the darkness. Or there's always somewhere you can go... Like, there's always something that you can be doing in order to be productive. Uh, even if you don't have, like, a material that you need, you can go over to this place and, you know, this place is new, so you can check out what's going on there. And maybe if you check that place out, it'll lead you to your answer and then so on and so forth. Uh, the game's really good at compounding on itself and keeping you busy while not feeling too overwhelming. Uh, I think... Like, you can discover these spirits in really any order, I think. Uh, some of them are locked behind certain upgrades of your ship. Like, for instance, you, you can add a little iron sort of bulldozer to the front of your ship to plow through this uh, wall of ice that's on the map uh, in order to reach a new area. Uh, you can make your ship many times bigger in order to fit more houses and facilities on your ship. Uh, you can upgrade your current, uh, like things that are already on your ship, to give them new abilities and new, uh, you know, new ways to, you know, farm resources and such. Yeah. Uh, the spirits themselves, if you give, if they're happy enough, they'll actually do things for you. Like they'll work in a specific uh, area of the ship. They'll give you certain materials that they find while you're like docked somewhere. Uh, there are some random encounter or some wandering encounters rather on the map. Uh, there's a wandering merchant that you can find uh, around the sea and he'll buy your junk off you for a fair amount of price that you couldn't sell at any of the other shops on the game. There are these turtle, like these big turtle, uh, like sea turtles that will rise up from the sea. You can talk to them and you can grow things on their back. Uh, and then when they resurface again, they will be fully 
you know, resourced out so you can go and mine them or cut down the trees that grow or whatever. There are dragons, like giant sea serpents that you can go and mine ores off the back of in the middle of the ocean. It's nuts how, like, this isn't, this isn't, I can't believe this is considered an indie game because it's very in-depth. Yeah, definitely. It sounds that way. It sounds like it's a full-fleshed game for only like, 30 it, bucks. It's very fleshed out. And honestly, like, I haven't encountered many bugs. I've encountered a few, but they've, they really haven't been game-breaking in any way. Uh, it seems very, very polished. Like, there hasn't really been any, like, stutter or lag despite the really amazing look of the game. And I haven't really found myself getting bored of it, which is something I can't even say for a lot of, like, AAA games these days. Yeah, no, it, you're def- it sounds like you're definitely getting the bang for your buck here with, with Spirit Fair, And that's good because... Like we said last week with, you know, people are going to be disappointed in the world presentation, but as far sometimes, as what I can yeah. tell from this, you've, you've got, you've got a diamond in the rough here. Sometimes you find that one. Like this is, I said before the indie world showcase that this is the kind of stuff that I look for. And I, you know, you got to look for that one thing that catches your eye and you might find something really special. And this time I, I think I did. And I'm really excited to keep going. Uh, one more thing that I do, you know, want to touch on is that, this game, any game that can get like any sort of emotional impact into me is probably going to be one that I play for a bit. Absolutely. And this one really hits home, if not for the concept alone, but in practice, you know, you get to know these people while they're on your ship because it does take a while to progress their uh, their requests and get them to the point where they're ready to pass on. So you're with them for a bit. And you get to know their likes and what they don't like and their personalities and what you can do to make them happier. Like you meet them and you know them for such a short time, but you know you do get to really get attached to them. Or at least you get to know a lot about them, even if you don't know the full story, like I said. But then when it is time for you to whisk them away to the Everdor, into, their, into the afterlife, you know, it feels sad because you know that person like that person is not coming back (laughs) no they're not like the thing the things they did on the ship like that you won't see them around doing that anymore the house that you build for them uh in the bedroom of the house a bunch of plants will kind of overgrow it and you'll get a spirit flower and that happens for every spirit that you help to pass on and that can be used later for upgrades to ship for the ship for uh important you know, like, moving on to entirely new areas of the map and such. But I've done... I've gotten two two spirits to the uh, Everdor so far. And they were two that I really... They were two characters that I really liked. They were both really, uh, really cool. And uh, they did cool things around the ship. Like, one worked in the loom and made fabrics. Uh, and one uh, played songs in the garden area that would help the plants grow faster. Uh, And, you know, their personalities as well, individually, were also very memorable. So, you know, it actually had some some of an impact on on me when they finally, you know, passed on. And I was like, man, I'm going to have to do this for every single person, aren't I? Every single character. This game's going to kill me. (laughs) going to literally kill you. But, you know, it's... It kind of keeps you going because, like, this is your job as the spirit fair. Like, it is your duty to do this. And they, mm-hmm. you know, no one is ever reluctant to go, you know? Like, you help yeah. them to the point where they are accepting of it. Like, they're on the exception stage of, of grief. So, you know, you can... It, it helps that you know that they are uh, gone from this world willingly. Uh, and that... And, yeah, peacefully. And they always like thank you, thank Stella for for helping them so much. And then you get one last hug, and then they kind of like just poof out of existence. They vanish. But when the one thing that you you know you have another reason to remember them by, a new constellation will form in the sky at night of the visage of whatever animal it was. Okay. And the thing is. Like, you see that when they pass on, but when you're sailing at night, 
you can actually see the constellations in the sky, which is a nice touch. Uh, but I don't want to, comp- you know, that's that's my entire uh, experience with the game so far in, you know, in a more generalized package. There's still a lot that I didn't even touch on, uh, you know, individual locations, some side characters you run into, uh, certain obstacles that you uh, have to get past. This game is very layered. Like, there's a lot to this game. And I couldn't have asked for anything more out of out of an indie game. Like, this is... In, I got one game out of this indie showcase, and I am already, like, super glad that I tuned in and gave it my attention because, you know, you got to pay attention to these smaller developers. You got to look at when, you know, their work is being showed off because... Something might actually, you know, catch your eye and it'll be good to support these developers because if you support a game as good as this, hopefully they'll they'll go on to make uh, games of a similar quality, which is which yeah. is something that's always needed in the in the industry. So So shout out Thunder Lotus. Yeah, definitely Spirit Fair. Thunder Lotus. And really looking forward to see what you guys uh what you guys make next. I'll I can't wait to uh like now, see, like that's now a name that I'll look for. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, ten, so, ten on yeah. Steam too. So, sorry, I rambled. That one was a pretty rambly one. Uh, I didn't have my thoughts super uh, concise uh, before this, before the recording. But uh, hopefully, I was able to get across uh, the message that I highly recommend uh, Spirit Fair to anyone who is looking for a new game to play on the Switch. Speaking of new games to play, I'm gonna need one. Because You're done with with paper. I beat the paper. You did it. <laughs> the paper is done. I one of us had it. to. One, yeah. one of us had to, and yeah, just, it happened to be me. Happened to yeah, be. Yeah, I beat Paper Mario, and you know, Tyler and I talked about it on a previous episode. You can go listen to it for our first thoughts. But I ended up really liking this game. I I had a lot. Of, I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed being in this version of. The Mushroom Kingdom and Mario's World. Uh, some loose ends that I thought needed tied up at, with the story. But, you know, all in all, not going to complain. I still had a ton of fun with it. I'm going to go back through and try to do as many collectibles as I can. I found 353 toads, and apparently I'm just not even close to like finding all of them. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely going to go back and try to 100% it. It's the same thing with Breath of the Wild, where once you beat it, you get tossed right back in before the last level boss. And there's like this warp height that appears, and you can hop out of it and explore the rest of the world so mm. paper mario i'd suggest it to people who are looking for just a fun game to play took me just under 35 hours to beat the game while collecting most of i'd say about 60 percent of the collectibles i could i did so still a lot out there for me to do yeah i i enjoyed it the ending could have been better not gonna lie the ending was kind of disappointing but all in all, fun game, one I enjoyed, and it lead me and lead lead me. Good God, it led me, it led me to start to start thinking, where, where does comedy belong in video games? Because Paper Mario, for those who have played it, um, very comedy heavy. So it led me to this. I was gonna talk about this last week, but oh, I thought oh, it'd be shit. better for after I beat, for after I beat it. Soapbox. After Paper Mario the Origami King, I want more comedy on the Switch. This is a Nintendo Life article by Rebecca Stowe. And, and she... It starts like this. In all honesty, I dropped off Paper Mario the Origami King quick, quicker than I hoped I would. And it's for the same exact reason I did. Uh, the battle mechanic is just not fun after a long time. You start running away from a lot of enemies. So... Mm. In the end, it was the lackluster battle system that prevented me from truly loving the game, but the top-notch comedy at least saw me through to the end of the story. So, it's just got me thinking, like, okay, Paper Mario does a really good job of making people laugh. It knows what the game is. It knows it's not a, it knows it's not a superstar Mario game. It's a, it's more of a B-type, B-type role. So, but what exactly is the humor in Origami King so successful? Well, the way I see it, there are two different types of humor on the sh- on the show: visual slapstick and dialogue jokes. The dialogue you have to pay attention to in this game, but the dialogue is really funny. And you talked about it last time we talked about Paper Mario. I think every Toad dialogue is, like, really good. Every Toad dialogue just really hits home in that game. Definite, for sure. A definite draw. 
uh, for yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's a ton of lines in there that you can think of that would that would just make you laugh. And it's it came out hot in the beginning when you know you fall and um, Luigi says he's not going to tip the valet, so he'll park his car himself. When Bowser's pretty funny, you only meet Bowser in the beginning of the end, but he's pretty funny when you run into him. Olivia got better at the end. It started out rough, but she did get better. I'm trying to think. My favorite character might have been Kamek, the, the the mage, the Bowser's mage. He was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So there was a ton of just a ton of characters I enjoyed in that game. So so are there any other Nintendo franchises that are as funny as Paper Mario? Thinking about Nintendo Switch and its first party titles, Luigi's Mansion 3 is perhaps the only other game to consistently make me laugh. Again, that's that's what Luigi's Mansion is. It's yeah. it's not gonna be an all time game, it's just meant to make you laugh and enjoy it. Didn't you play Luigi you played Luigi's Mansion 3, didn't you? Uh, I did. I don't think I ever fully finished it though. Uh, but in that game, I don't know why though, because I really like the gameplay in that. But maybe you know, I still have it with me, so I should probably get back on that. To be to be quite honest, but I did play Luigi's Mansion, not as not as not as distinct, not as I don't think it's not. I give me a second. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not as funny as Paper Mario. Like, there's jokes there, but, you know, it's more of a straightforward, like, you know, there's some atmospheric elements that, uh, you know, Luigi reacts to that makes it, you know, kind of kind of humorous to see him stumble his way through through the mansion. But with with Paper Mario, it's much more integral to the game's design and and draw i think i think comedy is something that they took uh much more of a of a shine to in the design of the game and just the day just the day-to-day dialogue that you experience when you play the game rather than luigi's mansion which is more kind of subtle in its in its humor i think yeah so i mean it's not like you know, it's not trying to hide it from you. Like, it's clearly on display, but it's just a bit yeah. more toned. Like, it's not as obvious as it is in Paper Mario, I think. Yeah, so that led to the question, um, can they take a joke? While there are third-party and any comedy experiences, there's there room for more AAA first-party Nintendo comedies, which led to maybe some franchises that have been on the down low can use a boost, and maybe if they just take this direction, it can be better. And... An interesting one that the Rebecca Stowe threw in here was Kid Icarus, the Kid Icarus franchise getting a comedic boost. This is crazy. The last installment of Kid Icarus came in 2012 for the 3DS. That just yeah. seemed like forever. That was forever ago. Up, uprising, that's right. Pitt and Lady Palatina's Priceless Banner is up there with some of the best video game dialogue of all time. I don't know how true that is. No, fact, I, that, that's was, pretty true. That is pretty true. In fact, the game was bursting with moments including included just for last, breaking up the intense battles and fast-paced gameplay. Another one, Animal Crossing, another one we're fond of here, is another Nintendo staple that is the begging for an injection of last. In New Horizons, the pool of nearly 400 villagers only grew by 8, and no new personality types were added at all. What if Nintendo added a comedian personality type? There's definitely room for that in Animal Crossing. Absolutely. For sure. The de- like the, They definitely need to add, spice up that dialogue a bit more because it is just super samey. And bland. it gets super, super boring to talk to your villagers after a while, which is one of the main criticisms of Animal Crossing is that the villagers feel just more like accessories to your island. Like, you care more about how your island looks than you do about the people living on it. Like, they're really just... Like, the only difference between the villagers is how they look, really. So you're basically just choosing your villagers based on how pretty you think they are. Which kind of is in contrast to the the games of the past where villagers were a lot more lively. Yeah. And then the final one she did was Donkey Kong and Tropical Freeze, I think I think I think people like Tropical Freeze, but I think Donkey Kong could definitely benefit off of a more comedic approach. And again, I think I just think Paper Mario paved the way for I don't think Paper Mario is a triple A game. Like would it would would it be a triple A game? Probably. Yeah, no, it would be. It's, it would so, be a first-party Nintendo game. So, so yeah, that kind of like paved the way as far as Nintendo Switch games go for comedy. And I know I really enjoyed it. And it's unfortunate that 
in the grand scheme of things, you don't want like comedic dialogue to be the only thing keeping you playing a game. Yeah. And it wasn't just that, but for the most part, like the battle system turned me off so so much that <laughs> I was on, I was only in there to free some more toes and hear what they have to say about how they're just in preposterous situations. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was interesting because I got done playing it and I'm like, I could definitely play games more games like this. It's just again the battle system just turned me off, which is going to be another reason why as soon as I 100 percent it, I'm just never going to touch it again. Yeah, you know. Bringing it back to Spirit Fair, I didn't even mention this, but the dialogue is top notch. Like it's is really good. I imagine you, you the way you're talking about it. I, I put that together. Uh, it's you know it and it has a lot of laughs. Like there, it's very dry humor. Uh, you know the characters have you know reaction animations to how they're talking, so they kind of get across uh, the tone of what they're trying to say, even though they only communicate through text boxes. Uh, there's no actual voice acting in the game, really. It's more of a Breath of the Wild situation with how dialogue is handled. But, uh, you know, obviously I mentioned how, you know, the dialogue is a bit, you know, it's it's strange to see, you know, the this crassness and dryness in a game uh, with such a a presentation that you wouldn't associate with that kind of thing. But I feel like that makes it all the better, that juxtaposition, because there are some just straight, there are some just straight assholes in this game. Uh, but there are also some characters who are just really funny or who can make like a dry uh, like joke about their past or like it's a sort of an existential uh, punchline. Or some that they're, that they're just regular jokes that land really well. There's a, it, they have a lot of humorous dialogue in the game and it only serves to complement the rest of the rest of the game. So just adding more praise on the spirit fair there since I, since it was relevant here, but yeah, no, come to think of it like that last level is pretty funny. Paper Mario, Luigi comes flying out of nowhere and he's been trying to find the key to princess Peach's castle. The entire game just does not find it. Oh wait. So you, sorry, if it wasn't obvious, I didn't complete paper Mario. (laughs) So when you, when you rescue him and he goes off to find the key, do you never see him again until the end? No, you run into him like three more times. And he's oh, like, I okay. found the key, and it's a key to uh, it's it's a it's a key you need, but it's just not the key to Princess Peach's the castle. So he yeah. runs away again. Oh, and okay. You find okay. he finally he's like he's like Mario, I have good news, and he's just like I'm kidding, I just never found the key. And then oh. Bowser's like, and at this point, Bowser's your ally, and he's like, what are we doing here? Like it's Luigi. The key's probably in plain sight, and. <laughs> And the key was in the ignition of his car the entire game. Oh, my game. God. <laughs> the entire game. That's and, awesome. Yeah, and as you're, before you're going to fight Ollie, there's this little bench. And if you play the game, you know, if you sit on the bench, you can get health. So, yeah, yeah and I hop off the bench, but Olivia's, like, crying. She's like, I can't go fight my brother. Like, I, I can't have these family issues. And Bowser's like, what are you talking about? Think of me. I have a kid with his own army and, and like, airship. Like, think of the parenting struggles I go through. And then Olivia start, stops crying. And is like, you know what? That kind of puts it in perspective. And then they just go up and fight Ollie. So that's pretty good. Like, I will I will praise the dialogue in, in Paper Mario. It, it's riotous. It's really good. Yeah. It, no, Paper Mario is definitely, definitely a game that thrives off the comedic genius behind it. And that's all writing. So if only the... If only the gameplay uh, stacked up as much. Yeah, if only the battle didn't suck. So, yeah, that's it for Paper Mario. Um, seven and a half. Seven and a half out of seven ten. And a half. I would recommend it if you're looking for something fun to do. Just kill some time for, for the remainder of the summer. If you're in college, it's a good game to play. So, But, yeah, and I guess we'll close with this. This well, is going to be I- tough. I have, oh. I have one more. If I have one more go thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can, you can go ahead. Why? Well, if you want to do your thing first, we can. It's all good. I was gonna I was gonna address my tweet yesterday with the breaking news. Oh yeah, go ahead. You can do that. This is gonna be tough. Okay. Um. Okay. So, I guess I can't say it. I bu- I bought a sports game. I'm surprised I didn't just feel an earthquake just now. I'm surprised a tsunami didn't just sweep me away. The worst part is, 
the worst part of this is the game was made by 2K and it's a 2021 version, but it is not the game that Brock has been referring to. <laughs> oh, is it Madden? No, it's PGA Tour. It's golf. Oh, it's golf. So okay. it's golf. I got a golf. I got the newest golf video game, which was number two on the sales for this week behind Animal Crossing on the Switch. So holy shit, big Animal stuff Rock there. Still killing it. Oh my god. All right, it forever will. So yeah, I I'm really sorry for everyone who was on my side with this one, but you know, I golf's just kind of my favorite sport video game. The NBA 2K21 demo dropped today for, I think, all consoles because it's Mamba Day. So oh, my, brother's, my brother's been playing some of that. I have no idea what it looks like or how it plays. I'll probably just watch him play it. I will not play it. I promise you guys that. <laughs> and Harley has been avidly trying to get me to play 2K. I will not put my hands on that grimy controller, so you don't have to worry about that. Right, but I right. thought I'd come clean because I knew someone was going to find it eventually. So, yes, I bought PGA Tour 2K21. It's really hard, which is also really enjoyable. So, mm. there you go. I said it. This is not... Yeah, I, this feel like is... That's, I feel like that's an overlooked thing about sports games. Like, they can be very challenging sometimes. No, this one's definitely very challenging because the... So, there used to be Tiger Woods games, and then Tiger Woods fell off the face of the earth. And then, along, <laughs> with, that, along with that, went the gaming. And then, yeah. HB Studios made a game called the golf club but the thing with the golf club was it was super realistic so like everything was in a, was into effect which made the game really hard and then 2k bought out hb studios and then like made a nice blend i really enjoy it so far it's really fun so hey, yeah you got a nice little compromise in your exactly whole ordeal there i we lost this battle but we are not losing this war so of course tyler you said you had a surprise, so let's hear it. I do have a surprise. So, you may have heard of the Pokemon Players Cup. Have you heard that name uh, being thrown around recently? Uh, re- repeat the name? Uh, the Pokemon Players Cup. I have heard it. So, it's an official uh, tournament, uh, which take pl- takes place over the course of several months. Uh, and it's basically just the Pokemon video game tournament. So, you got... You know, your Sword and Shield uh, Pokémon tournament is also uh, thrown in, but the main event is usually uh, Pokémon Sword and Shield. So it's basically the you know VGC normal VGC rules. It's it's an officially uh, Pokémon like, like Nintendo sponsored tournament. Uh, and I have I had not followed it much because I felt like I didn't really have a reason to. I like competitive battling, but I don't really follow players that much. Like yeah. I know like some individual U- talents. I know some YouTubers who were like former champs or were, you know, current like world champs uh, that I followed, but you know, I had, I'm kind of on a slump of competitive Pokemon at the moment, so I didn't really have a reason to watch it, I didn't think. Until yesterday, which so because of the whole world going to crap situation, uh, instead of the games being live, uh they are pre-recorded, and then, uh, and then they they are streamed. So, like, they will be streamed on Twitch. Uh, I believe that is how it worked, at least according to my Pokemon Discord. But I did not know that one of the people in the Discord, and consequently, one of Penn State, a Penn State alumni, was in the finals. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, his name is his name is Santino. Uh, he is a Penn State alumni. I met him briefly at the Virginia Regionals that I went to last year. Uh, like he is a he you know he's a big VG like he's a big VGC player uh, as far as you know Penn State uh, Pokemon goes. Uh, I know he's really good, but I didn't really know too much about him. But then I heard that he was in the finals of the Players Cup. Like, I saw Chatter in the Discord, and it was like, oh my god, Santino's going to make it all the way. Uh, again, these matches were pre-recorded, so he couldn't disclose uh, the information regarding, yeah. you know, who won. So, but I, I watched the pre-recording live yesterday, and he is now the Players' Cup VG World Champ. Are you serious? Yeah, so... Tyler knows a Pokemon World Champion? <laughs> 
hey, that that'd be a good clickbait uh, title for this episode. But uh, <laughs> that would be that's pretty sweet. No is a pretty sh- strong word, but you know, I I have met him briefly. Uh, but yeah, Santino is the new champ, and he brought a very interesting team. Uh, Aaron Zhang, who also known as Cybertron Zhang, who was a YouTuber, a former he was the com- he was one of the commentators, and he called uh, Santino's team one of the most creative uh, in this cup specifically. Uh, and I just wanted to talk about it a little bit because we were popping off in the Discord about this. He brought a Gigantamax Colossal to the finals oh my god so the nerve (laughs) it it's a it was colossal we called colossal a war criminal because it was out here just (laughs) committing atrocities with its g-max vocalith uh which does damage over time like a fire spin but imagine a fire spin on like steroids or something because it was just huge chunks of damage like i didn't even know that move did that much damage but he made it work on this team. Uh, he also brought uh, Rillaboom, uh, Dragapult, Togekiss, uh, the sur- the uh, Rapid Strike Urshifu, and Incineroar. So that was his full team of six, and he and he defeated uh, the final uh, the final contestant, and he he won, and we saw it happen live, and everyone was congratulating him in the Discord, and it was really cool to see. He got interviewed after. Sweet. He got interviewed after sweet. the fact. It was pretty sick, and I, I'm just really happy for him. Uh, and I just thought that'd be something cool to talk about. How someone I kind of know is now a the VG the video game Pokemon World champion. Get Santino on the pod. Hashtag Get going. Santino on the pod. Definitely, I think he's above. He might be above us now. Like he might. Yeah, be oh, absolutely. He's a world way champion. up there. We might see he's- him on on some YouTube channels and shit. Like he may be featured on. You know, other champs. You, I don't know oh, what's yeah. going to happen, but he's, you know, he he definitely deserves it. He worked hard and he brought a really cool team, and I'm I'm just excited for him and wanted to wanted to uh, share that with you guys. Yeah, that's pretty freaking sweet. So shout out Santino, congratulations of Penn State Penn State reps, Penn State repping the the Pokemon World Championship. And actually, for, I don't know how I forgot about this, but we'll close here. I did write it down in my defense, which I write down my notes the night before. Right. Um, the podcast is officially one year old. Yeah, that's true. It, it officially uh, turned one year old when we first picked up our shitty mics and mm-hmm. started blabbering about video games. Yeah, so Friday the 21st was one year of the Switch It Up, which flew by. Uh, if we're being completely honest. Yeah, honestly, it feels like, man, it feels like we haven't been doing this for long at all, but, geez, that's nuts. Yeah, so, I'm trying to think. We've done an episode every single week, except for the, the week after Christmas, between... and, and the oh, week after yeah. Christmas, and the transition between one and two. So, season one and season two, yeah. that is 50 straight weeks of episodes being pumped out. That's pretty crazy that's pretty awesome yeah i'm that's pretty crazy so shout out us hey yeah we we made it hopefully shout out us and several more to come maybe yeah Yeah. shout out you guys for keeping it going so for sticking with us and giving us yeah giving us the motivation to keep doing it so exactly so and that is where we are going to close episode three of season two so if you haven't be sure to follow the page on Twitter and Instagram at at SwitchUpPod on Twitter, at SwitchItUpPodcast on Instagram. Uh, if you want to email, send fan mail or suggestions or anything like that, uh, SwitchItUpPodcast at gmail.com. The P and up in podcast is just one, so just use the one P. It'll be in the link below. Uh, personal accounts, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Colby underscore Moyer. Uh, and personal for me, you can follow me. Uh, at tsamsel11 on Instagram and at tylersamsel on t- on Twitter. Uh, stay tuned for more polls in the future. Uh, we'll probably be having a few of those uh, as long as the rumors uh, continue to 
pour in we may have to get some audience feedback on those but other than that thank you guys again so much for for tuning in sticking with us and we will see you all next week tune in next week for another confirmed direct and the confirmed 35 year mario anniversary so oh yes it's gonna be a big week we'll see you then it's gonna be a big week see ya